Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. In episode 8. I'll be looking at some of the early storylines as we're almost a month into the NBA season, what teams are playing well and which teams are struggling, which players are playing well and are much improved, and who's leading in some of the statistical categories. That and more coming up next on the Off the Glass podcast. This is the Off the Glass Podcast, bringing a fresh, intelligent, thought-provoking perspective to the game of basketball. I'm your host, Z. Thanks for joining me today. And on today's podcast, as I stated in the intro, we're going to take an early look at the early part of the season. And there's been some interesting storylines as the season has gotten off to an exciting start. Um, what jumps out right away when you when you look at this season is where we are currently in the, in the standings of both the East and Western conferences. And one of the more shocking things is that after the dust settled, after Boston was able to rebound from the Gordon Haywood injury when they lost him on opening night uh, for the season, they have since rallied to go 8-2 and two currently in the, in the East, leading the Eastern Conference. The surprise of the season so far is no other than the Detroit Pistons, who are currently 7-3 and three as I record this podcast. Uh, you have Orlando, who's also the, another early surprise at three, Washington at four, and then rounding out the top five is Toronto. One of the more shocking things is Cleveland is currently 12th, and they're also last in the defensive rating in the NBA. They're number 30th, and this is what I talked about with, with them in my preview um, coming into the season, but before... We, we get to them, I want to, you know, just go down the list and give some credit to to the early uh, success of some of these teams because nobody expected Detroit or Orlando to come out and play this well early going. And I know it's still early and we kind of want to don't, you know, put the cart before the horse or get too excited. But some of the things that they're doing, I, if everybody stays healthy, I have a sneaky suspicion that it will carry over and that both of these teams should possibly make the playoffs because we were wondering – well, with Reggie Jackson coming back, you know, Detroit kind of sulked their way to, a, to the finish line. The chemistry wasn't well in the locker room. It was um, questions of whether this team was going to be traded. Uh, wasn't quite sure what they were going to do. Uh, KCP, who now plays with the Lakers, he was up for his contract extension. Were they going to keep him? Were they going to let him walk? And ultimately, what was the key to, I think, them so far, their turnaround, one of the keys is that uh, Reggie Jackson is healthy. He's not having a career statistical year, but he's back to being Reggie Jackson. Uh, Tobias Harris, he has his his case in his early case for most improved. He's shooting a blazing forty five percent from three, and I believe he's taking a little bit over six attempts a game. And the huge revelation is that uh, Andre Drummond is now shooting seventy five percent from the free throw line. Yeah, you heard that. 
the same gentleman, same man who shot 38% last year from the field, the lowest in NBA history, is now shooting 75% from the free throw line. So he's definitely, definitely much improved. And they're off to the fast start. And I think what also helped them was the adding of Avery Bradley, which they uh, brought over from Boston when they traded uh, one of the Morris twins. I always forget which one plays for who, but one of the Morris twins to Boston, bringing in Avery Bradley, who kind of gives them some great defense and solid play that helps solidify that backcourt. Um, Stan Van Gundy, we already know, is a fantastic coach, one of the best teachers in the NBA. And with these guys being healthy, uh, with them playing with confidence, they're off to the fast start. Orlando is another team that's off to the fast start. As I stated, they're currently third in the East as, as, I, as I take this. And it seems to me like they finally figured out how to use the most talented, athletic Aaron Gordon. It doesn't help, hurt, though, that he's also shooting 55% from three. And as he's improved his his shooting stroke um, through, throughout the season, I mean from last season, because one of the huge knocks on him was with all the athleticism and the dunks. If he can get just a piece of a jump shot, it was going to open up all the rest of his game. It's also um, I must also point out and note that how fast fantastic that Jonathan Simmons has been for them. You know the signing that they got from San Antonio, which is kind of head-scratching why San Antonio just let him walk because it wasn't like he got a lot more money in Orlando, but he's been fantastic for them off the bench. Um, believe it or not, DJ Augustine starting at the point because um, I'm blanking on the guy's name. Alfred Payton has been out with an injury, and he's kind of brought a calming, controlling factor to the point guard position. And it's going to be interesting to see um, are they going to give the keys back to Payton when he comes back or are they going to kind of stick with what's been working I've always believed that Frank Vogel was a was a really good coach, and it was just a matter of them trying to understand what their roster was going to be. Uh, Vucevic is playing well for them as he's shooting a three um, very well. He's hitting a lot of them, you know, in those transition threes where, you know, you catch the big man kind of instinctively. They've been taught to run back to the paint. He's getting a lot of those trail threes. Um, Evan Fournier is playing well for them, so – just an overall very good, solid team effort for Orlando. And if they keep this up, unless, you know, bar some dramatic collapse, they should make the playoffs. I'm not quite sure what seed we're looking at with them, but they should make the playoffs. Um, the number four team, as I stated, was Washington. The key for them, um, John Wall has come out at a blazing play, pace, playing at an MVP level. Uh, Bradley Beal is making his bid to make an all-NBA team, his first all-star team. He's been playing – uh, super sensational, been playing well. And I got to give it up to him, give him a round of applause. Otto Porter, you know, he's definitely earning that $100 million-plus contract, being that third scoring option, playing really good, solid defense on that wing. Um, Kelly Oubre coming off the bench has been playing well. Like I stated with Washington, their issue was going to be that bench. If they can get anything from that bench, Morris is back. So he's going to work his way into shape, work his way into the lineup. So that can do nothing but help them. Toronto, as I stated, rounds out fifth. They're playing normal Toronto Raptors basketball. I know everybody thought DeRozan was going to come out and shoot a bunch of threes and space the court, but they're still playing uh, their style of play. Um, Ibaka has been playing well for them. So nothing spectacular and surprising from Toronto. Before I get to Cleveland, other team too, even though they're not ranked here, they've been playing very surprisingly, very good basketball, and that's the Indiana Pacers. And I really want to give a shout-out to Victor Oladipo, who I, I was always high on. I didn't think he was 
quote unquote like a star type player, but I thought he was a a really good solid starting two guard in this league. And I thought playing alongside Russell Westbrook didn't do his game any justice. You know, sometimes in, in basketball, what gets lost is that you know you need a rhythm. You know, some people are just rhythm players. You can't just throw them the ball every fifth or sixth possessions down and. And, or you're dribbling down the clock and then you kick it to them and expect them to do something. Everybody can't operate like that. With him uh, getting the opportunities in Indiana, he's playing with confidence. He's playmaking, which he can do. He's athletic. He's been knocking down the jump shot. Uh, Miles Turner just recently came back. He's been playing well. Um, Lance Stevenson has been playing well over there. And just Indiana looks very solid early on. So they're definitely another one of the surprise teams. Not quite sure if they're going to earn a playoff spot, but they've been playing well in the early going. Now, that brings us to last year's runner-up, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who, as I stated, is currently under 500 and 12th in the East and dead last, team number 30 in defensive rating. Their defense has been simply terrible, um, and that's what happens when you have a team that's aging. Um, LeBron has been playing well. He's been playing at an MVP, MVP caliber. But even with that being said, it's clear that he's pacing himself on defense. He's not necessarily going all out, killing himself. He's making those initial rotations, but sometimes he's not making that second or that third rotation. Um, Derrick Rose has been in and out the, the lineup. His defense hasn't been well. Um, they had to quickly – switch the lineup, which I suggested anyway, D-Wade, even though, again, he's a Hall of Famer, all-time great. At this point in his career, I thought he was better served for Cleveland coming off the bench, and he volunteered to go to the bench, bringing J.R. Smith back to the starting lineup. But Smith, who was shook up by Wade coming over to the team and was pouting about his bench, he's yet to kind of get into his groove. And, you know, with D-Rose, D-Wade, um, Jeff Green has been doing kind of Jeff Green things, but he hasn't really played any defense. You have Corver out there. He's not known for defense. And Crowder. Crowder hasn't really seemed to find his niche and find his role. You know, they brought him in to be a starter and score the ball, not just a, a role player. And then I, I just, at this point, I can't keep harping on how they're using Kevin Love. I mean, for him to be as talented as he is, and he should be the clear-cut option, he's just – it's just frustrating to watch sometimes. It's, I just don't feel like he's stepping up and demanding the ball. And that's why when um, I think I saw it on Twitter, I want to say it was uh, the gentleman from the starters. I don't want to say his name because I can't remember which one it was. Pulled the question, is Kevin Love a Hall of Famer? I was like, no. I don't care what his stat line says. He does not play with the same intensity as a Hall of Famer. And that's another discussion for another day because I believe the Hall of Fame is too watered down anyway. We just let – you know, we reach a certain criteria and we just let anybody in. But um, if Kevin Love is not going to be their second option, they, like I said, they're going to have a, a huge problem. Um, Tristan Thompson recently got hurt, so he's out a month as he hurt his calf muscle. And Isaiah Thomas, you know, I have to tell you guys, ladies and gentlemen, I think he's going to come back and play well. The issue with him that makes me nervous is he elected not to get surgery, and this is not an injury that gets better with rest. Like, he has to have surgery to repair it. So I just – I think the plan was to work him in, do some strengthening exercises around around the hip, strengthen the other muscles and, and around the hip, the other areas, so to take the pressure off the hip and kind of, you know, save him so when they need him down the stretch for the playoffs. But, you know, I know it's still early, but I don't, what I, I don't like what I'm seeing from them early on. 
The chemistry doesn't look well. Um, I mean, recently they 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 had their big Halloween party, which we already read and heard all the crazy stories coming out of that, which shows me they were more prepared for the Halloween party than than some of the games they've been playing. They recently just lost their home um, to to the Knicks on a back to back after losing in New Orleans to the Pelicans. Um, they lost to the Atlanta Hawks. They just they're just not playing really good basketball. And again, it's, it seems like as always, it's falling on the shoulders of LeBron James to try to carry this team. And I keep, you know, trying to remind people he's in year 15 and he's going to be smart and pace himself. But, you know, it was just assumed that, you know, Cleveland was going to make it back to the finals. And I I didn't think that that they couldn't, but I knew it was going to depend heavily on Isaiah Thomas's health and um, what they could get from some of the role players. And I think what ends up happening is – we like to live off the accolades of people's names and, you know, realize that, you know, D-Wade is not the same D-Wade from Miami. Derrick Rose is not the same Derrick Rose when he won the MVP. And that this team was just an older team and it was flawed, especially defensively. So um, Cleveland, we're going to have to kind of watch that. Hopefully they hit that stride. I, th- I still think they win 50-plus games, but some of the habits and things I've seen from them is not encouraging going forward, especially as we – you know, get to the spring, get into that playoff, um, that playoff run. Just a couple other uh, storylines I wanted to hit in the Eastern Conference. The 76ers have been playing well. Um, Simmons has been everything advertised. I mean, if he gets a jump shot, I mean, a jump shot, ladies and gentlemen, I personally feel like I agree with uh, Coach Nick from B-Ball Breakdown. He needs to go ahead and try to shoot right-handed. Um, I'm somebody that is, I guess you could say, ambidextrous. I write right-handed, but I do a lot of things with my left hand. And one of the things I do is basketball. But for me, it was it's natural for me to shoot a basketball left-handed. It doesn't look like it's natural for him to shoot a basketball left-handed. I mean, his, he's not really on balance. He's kicking his leg out like he's doing a split in the air. It just looks really awkward. But his passing, his ability to rebound the ball and finish around the basket, he's He's been the early and clear-cut favorite for um, Rookie of the Year. It's not even close. And B, that's played well for them. My only one, um, I wouldn't even call it criticism, but one thing I wish i see him do a little bit more is don't settle on always wanting to be uh, a pick-and-pop big because he likes to, he has a tendency to want to pop and catch the ball, so he either show off his versatility by putting the ball on the floor or shoot the three. I like to see him to kind of reach a, a balance with preferably more of him um, rolling to the basket. Um, they've been playing well. Redick is finally starting to hit some shots. The only thing about them that concerns me is, again, how they can decide to ha- uh, handle these injury issues with their team. I mean, Markel Foltz, not quite sure what's going on with the shoulder injury. They're, they're handling that poorly. The agent came out and had some misinformation and had to correct themselves. The, we got the whole Jaleel Okafor um, fiasco as they devalue their own own prospect and expecting to get a big-time pick back, back for him. I, I don't understand what they're doing with him, especially when he came in in shape and ready to play, and you're going to play Amir Johnson over him. I'm just not quite sure what they're doing um, as far as that. So, I mean, I like what I see from Simmons and B, but the rest of the things are huge question marks and things that if they want to be successful going forward and in the future, they're going to have to get rectified and corrected. I also wanted to point out real quick, D'Angelo Russell, it appears to change the scenery. It's done well for him. He's been playing fantastic in Brooklyn. Um, Porzingis, um, I know he's playing on the Knicks 
uh, team that's that's a bad Knicks team. But it, it's amazing when they decided to finally move on from Carmelo and Derrick Rose and feature him, like I said. He's currently the third leading scorer in the league. I believe he's averaging close to 29 points a game. And he also has the highest usage rate in the league at 30, over 36%. So Porzingis has been playing well. He's looking like he's going to be an all-star. He's putting in his early bid uh, for all NBA as well. Um, as we move over to the Western Conference, your top five is going to be the Houston Rockets as they come out the gate really fast. They're 8-3, and three, followed by Minnesota and Golden State, who are both 7-3. and three. The surprise is Memphis at four, and San Antonio, no surprise there, rounding out at five. And Houston has picked up right where they left off. You know, they're going to score the ball. They've been playing well. Um, they have some nice pieces. But the surprising thing is we yet to see Chris Paul play. He's only played one game, and that was opening night, and he's been out with a knee injury, and they haven't quite released how serious it is. I know he should be back sooner than later. He's over there chomping at the bit, ready to get back out there. So, we still got to quite see how they're going to be able to get him and Harden. They're going to have to work together and get that chemistry together um, before we get to the playoffs. Tucker has been great for them. Balamute has been great for them, slashing, knocking down open threes, both him and Tucker, bringing some toughness on defense, some some wing defense when they're able to switch and play different types of smaller lineups. They've, they've, they've played well. Minnesota has played well this year, um, still kind of – kind of shaky with them on defense you know they're still towards the bottom far as defensive rating but you know the record is seven and three they're playing much better um jimmy butler missed a couple games due to illness but he's back um they've been playing a lot of um the young fella from from duke his name can't think of his name right now the point guard i, I apologize I'm, I'm blanking if i remember i'll bring it back later in, in the podcast but Teague has been getting minutes too, but he uh, Fibodeau has really been um, leaning heavily on on the, the backup point guard there for Minnesota. Let me see if I can look it up real quick. And he's really been giving a good solid minutes because Teague is just so bad on defense that, you know, they're not able, you know, he's been more willing to play him down the stretch because, you know, those stops they need when they're running the pick and roll has been something that, you know, they struggle with. And even at times, his, uh, Tyus Jones, I'm sorry, Tyus Jones is the, the backup over there. He's been playing well. And um, their defense, even though they're 73, like I said, still needs work. Um, Towns is still kind of late on some of his rotations. Wiggins' effort is not always there. But, you know, the good thing for them is I think the confidence builder of them coming out 73 is going to do them, do them some wonders and do them well long term for the season. Um, Golden State had the slow start, but they bounced back as as expected. They're currently um, number one in offensive rating, but what's disturbing about them is they're they're near the bottom. They're number 20th in defensive rating, and what's made Golden State great over the last since their run is this current version of a dynasty in the NBA is the fact they've always been number one or at the lowest number two in defense in the, in the league, and their defense has slipped. But I think it's, it's climbing already back up because it was lower than that when they started the season. And my point was the fact that they did not have a, a normal training camp since they had to travel to China. Um, Steve Kerr, he's in full Greg Popovich mode as he's playing different lineups. The rookie Jordan Bell hasn't disappointed, but he even sat him down a couple games and to give Looney some opportunities. He's been playing well. McGee has been playing well, so it seems like they're finally starting to hit their stride. Steph is looking like Steph. Clay has been shooting the ball well. KD's been KD. Um, Draymond's been Draymond. So not worried about Golden State. Like I said, I knew they had to get their 
their game legs underneath them after they did all that traveling around the world. Uh, Memphis has been also an early surprise. Uh, recently, Chandler Parsons has come back, had a good solid game in one of those games. He's been contributing. Gasol and Conley are both playing at high levels. Nothing surprising there. Mario Chalmers has came back and been contributing. He's been playing well. So, you know, they really, you know, they thought we we moved off of the, the grindhouse mentality when they decided to move away from Zach Randolph and Tony Allen. But, again, they're still grinding you out with the good defense, um, the rebounding, the solid play. Gasol is, is being a little bit more selfish and scoring the ball a little bit better, you know, the way that we knew he was capable of doing. So I don't know if Memphis is going to finish fourth. Um, because it's the, the West is not as is very tight. It's not as um, like in the East where some of the records are under 500. Because I could have easily listed Portland is right there. They've been playing well. Um, they had a big win over OKC the other night. Um, Denver is starting to kind of figure it out a little bit. Their record is right there. Of course, Oklahoma City is going to be right there. Even though if the playoffs started today, they'd currently be out of the playoffs. They're tenth, but. That's to be expected, but we'll get to them in a second. Um, San Antonio, again, rounding out the top five. Um, Aldridge has been playing well. And it's not that we didn't know Aldridge had the talent, but the thing that, that the problem with Aldridge is he plays well only when he's featured, which is kind of disturbing. You know, um, right now quad, Kawhi Leonard's been out with the with the thigh injury. I want to say he has a bad quad. And they haven't really released any details of when he's coming back, but they've been playing well. So I don't see a need to necessarily rush him back. But it's going to be interesting to see when he comes back and tries to get instituted into the swing of things because he's clearly the MVP on that team. He's one, he's an MVP-type player in the league. How Aldridge is going to be able to adjust his game back because, like I said, when he's not the man, he struggles, he balls up, he doesn't give you that same type of energy. But right now i got to give him his props. He's been nothing – but dominant on the inside. They've been playing much slower um, to make sure they feature him. Uh, Gay hasn't played too bad. Um, Green has looked good. The rookie, uh, Delonte Murray, has played played well. It questions if it looks like at this point that Tony Parker is going to probably end up coming off the bench, even though recently Popovich has been starting Patty Mills. But I don't look that in too much into that because that's just Popovich doing what Popovich does with his lineup. So, not surprising on the kind of start that San Antonio's off to. Um, OKC, as I stated, is 10th um, in, in, in the conference, and they're also middle of the pack uh, for, for playing at pace. You know, they're also number two in defense, so I think the upgrade of Paul George um, over there has helped their defense, but I don't think they're playing fast enough. And this was the issue I saw with them going into the season. When you ask somebody like Melo, as offensively gifted as, he's, as he is, I mean, he's an isolation-type player. And when I was watching the Portland game from the other night, um, they had early success running this same 1-4 pick-and-roll where they had Westbrook and Melo would come over on the pick-and-roll and they were getting the switch and Melo was getting Damian Lillard switched off on him, which is a clear mismatch. And, you know, he was scoring. You know, he was cooking him. He was doing well. But, like, when I was speaking this over with my wife as we was watching the game, I said the dangerous thing about that is it's, it's fool's gold because those kind of plays, only one person is really involved. Everybody's kind of standing on the weak side watching. There's no action. And as they the game goes on, that's the same thing that they're running down the stretch, and it becomes tough to get baskets when the defense gets tougher in late-game situations, especially when the, the game is close. So, Long term, I think this is also another reason why Kevin Durant 
left because Golden State is just the opposite. They're great players. They run a lot of great continuity sets, a lot of motion sets when the ball's moving, and it puts their their scores, their offensive players, in great position to use their strength and score the ball much easier. Whereas with OKC, sometimes they have to really grind it out and make incredible one-on-one offensive plays to score. And, you know, I'm not sure if that's the coaching thing or you need your players to, to buy in thing. Um, I never thought Billy Donovan was the greatest excellence in those coach, even in college. I just thought he was a really good recruiter. His teams play hard. But I think, it, you know, it falls on both players. I think the coach has to be creative in um, designing up things that get, uh, puts their his best players in their best positions to be successful. But also your star players have to be willing to kind of give a little bit and run the steps, the stuff and have confidence that these sets are going to get them easy points. And as I stated before, Paul George has the personality a lot like Kevin Love. He's a little bit more aggressive, but he has a tendency to drift out there on offense, and there's times where he's not being involved, and he's kind of out there drifting. And I said for them to have the the kind of success that they want to have, I'm sorry, an elite talent as he is, Carmelo is going to have to dial it back. He's shooting barely 32% from three on seven attempts a game. He's still playing like he's mellow from, you know, a few years back. Paul George is the clear better player to him at this point in his career, and they need to lean on Westbrook and George and let Anthony pick his spots. And it was obvious that when Anthony got ejected on a flagrant two, which even though it was a flagrant foul because it was clear that he uh, hunted out Jurkic's face on on that play, he shouldn't have got uh, kicked out. It should have been a flagrant one. But um, when he left the game, you know, Paul George was kind of able to step up and fill that gap and keep that game competitive. They lost a close one um, to the Trailblazers. But, um, you know, the offensive thing with OKC, I don't care how unselfish they are with the extra passes as they get later in the season, later in the playoffs, your execution of your sets down the stretch and how easy you can score baskets and come across, not even scoring baskets, but just getting good shots is going to dictate whether you can beat um, the Golden State Warriors, or you can beat uh, Houston or even a San Antonio um, late in games. Uh, as I mentioned, Portland has been playing well. C.J. McCollum, Damian Lillard, as I expect, have been playing well. It's amazing. They got Yerkish through a training camp for a full season now. He looks great. Um, Evan Turner has played well coming off the bench. Denver is starting to hit their stride with Millsap. He's playing well in Jokic. The issue with them is still that guard position. Too much inconsistency. Although Emmanuel Mouillet has played better this season, including even Jamal Murray, the defense has to be better. Um, Gary Harris, not quite sure what his role is. He hasn't played bad, but I would like to see him get more opportunities, more touches on offense. But until they get that point guard situation rectified, um, I don't think that team is going to take itself to the next level that they're hoping to take themselves to by adding a player like Millsap. Um, Wilson Chandler's played well. Will Barton's played well. But until they get that point guard situation in order, um, I just don't see um, long-term the success that they're actually looking to attain with that team. Um, Real quick, um, I wanted to talk about some of the statistical leaders right now. And in scoring right now, our top five is Giannis at one. He's averaging 30, I want to say 31 points a game. James Harden is two. Porzingis is three, LeBron is four, and DeMarcus Cousins is five. Um, moving over to, to uh, Steels, I just wanted to point out real quick, we talk about his defense, and I know Steels has not always 
the key indicator that you're playing great defense because, I mean, Allen Iverson was always tops and steals, but his team defensive was some of the poorest defense I've ever seen. But Kyrie, ironically, is leading the league in steals, and Kevin Durant has become an inside presence and a shot blocker. He's only he's second in blocks only to Rudy Gobert, so he's really picked up his defense. Um, the offensive rating as we stand right now, as I stated, Golden State is one. Surprisingly, the Clippers are two. Wizards, Pacers, and Raptors. You know, the Pacers out state have been playing well. They've really been playing well on offense. Their defensive rating and what's getting it done. Boston is hanging their hat on defense. They're number one. OKC is two. I expect the Utah and Memphis to be up, be up that high, followed by Portland, which has been playing solid defense better than most because that's been a knock on their team. While they score the ball at a prolific rate, their defense is sometimes uh, yet more, you know, more to be desired. It's not always the best. And if they were able to turn the page and really get on the same page as far as their defense, um, Portland can really, I think, make a push in the playoffs. Um, our early MVP candidates have been, honestly, Giannis has been playing well. Um, I did the the blog post on him. LeBron's in right there, Wall. Um, I have Simmons right now for your rookie of the year. Um, Fox has played well, even though he's on a bad Sacramento team. Again, I didn't understand why they signed George Hill. Not quite sure what they're doing out there. Um, Mitchell has looked well in the early going for Utah as anticipated. He had a disgusting pick, uh, put, pick back, put back, excuse me, dunk, um, the other, like two nights ago where he just soared over everybody, slammed it down with the right hand. He's coming into his own out there. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. has been exciting for Dallas, but they haven't been well, um, a winning team either. They're towards the bottom, but he's played well as expected. So, it's going to be interesting to see um, where we're going from here. I know it's still early. Like I said, we haven't seen Chris Paul really play for Houston. He only played opening night. So some of these team things will kind of, you know, as they say, regress back to the mean. But it's good to see that teams like Orlando, uh, Golden State, um, excuse me, Minnesota, some of these young teams, you know, the Sixers are playing well because it's exciting to see some of these teams play well. They have some of our best young talent on these teams, and it's going to nothing do nothing but bowl well for them going forward. That will bring episode eight to a close. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Off the Glass podcast. Make sure to subscribe, download. Uh, you can head over to Spreaker and type in the Off the Glass podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at ZJ at Off the Glass. You can follow me on Facebook at Zach Grammy, where you can go on there and click the links. Make sure to, to go to the website, Off the Glass, at theofftheglasspodcast.com. Support your boy. Uh, thanks for listening. Be safe out there. Peace. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half cubic foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. 
We do it right too with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just ten dollars, and buy one one and a half cubic foot bag of Miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through five one while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select eleven point eight ounce pots. Valid in store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.